And here we go. Welcome to the Hub Podcast, a resource for house church leaders to foster and guide healthy house churches toward deep devotion, contagious community, and missional imagination. This is an extension of Common Ground Northeast Christian Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hub Podcast. My name is Sam Linetti. I'm the Formation Pastor at Common Ground Northeast, and I'm here with Mr. Eric Thien. What's up, man? Yep, I'm Eric Thien. I'm the lead pastor here at Common Ground Northeast. I'm looking forward to this session. So we dove into um, what we've been talking through a series called Reimagine, where the first section we talked about church. This section we're talking about uh, gifting, calling, and distinguishing between some of these ideas that maybe we have and understanding them a little bit better. So if you haven't checked out our previous podcast, make sure you check it out. Uh, our one right before this was talking about calling, priesthood of all believers. We are all called to care about the stuff that Jesus cares about. And now we're going to dive into the difference between what calling might be or obedience might be and what gifting might be where we're specifically wired towards certain things for the kingdom. And so Eric, I'd love to kind of get your intro thoughts on this. Yeah. Well, I've had lots of, you know, cause I've had lots of thoughts because I, there was a, there was a poignant moment in a conversation with some other friends where I realized, um, you know, some people were asking me, they I don't, I don't know how the conversation got brought up, but essentially it was along the lines of when you, you have, we all have spiritual gifts. When do you think you get those spiritual gifts? So actually, let me, I'd love to know what you think. At what point in your life do you believe your spiritual gifts um, were operational in your life? Interesting. Um, I think I've always operated under the assumption that your spiritual gifts are similar to seeds in your life and they begin to grow and be fleshed out in certain ways, shapes, and forms. And at least for me, at some point, I saw the way in which I was using my giftings in a certain avenue. And then I was, catch this, called, maybe <laughs> not called, but there was something God asked me to do and kind of pivoted my life to where I realized the giftings that I had been working in were actually very much geared towards kingdom stuff that I didn't see before. And so I guess for me, there were a lot of giftings I was working in and growing in and being affirmed in by random people, but I didn't really understand them or know what the workings of them were until later where more and more times I started to be more and more obedient to the Lord following him and things started to arise that I didn't realize before. Does that make sense? And so yeah. I yeah. almost feel Go like ahead. it, I almost feel like specific giftings are seeds within us that need to be watered and grown. And sometimes those need to be sucked out and pulled out of us and realized because sometimes Brought to the surface, you mean, yeah, you don't mean by sucked out, you don't mean removed. You mean like, uh, brought to the forefront. 
Sure, sure. And I think that could be people using their giftings and then God wants to use them for some higher purpose that they didn't realize before. I think some of it could be people afraid to work in those giftings because they've never either been affirmed or encouraged. So they've been caging them out, but letting them come out and you see a new life come out of them that is kingdom driven. So I feel like they're, I've always seen them as seeds that are in us that are either growing or being fleshed out in one way, shape or form. And as we submit our lives to the Lord, his purposes and our purposes begin to align a lot more. And we see how mm -hmm. those giftings are used. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I would, I would actually say there's, so this is the, this is what I was kind of getting at. There's a lot of stuff in there that you just said that I think is gold. My, my purpose for asking the question yeah. was to say, um, I was having a conversation with some friends and they, I think I had a similar assumption that you just had in terms okay. of where it comes from, but they were operating under the assumption that you don't, you don't actually have your spiritual gift until you become a Christian. Hmm. Does that make sense? Because you don't have the spirit in you. And so this is a gift that is not present in, in you until you have been uh, brought to life, you know, come to, come to know Jesus, uh, have walked into salvation, uh, which, you know, that's, I'll use all of those terms for, for now. Um, until you have had the, the Holy Spirit in you, these gifts are not, they're so, they're so distinctly supernatural that they cannot happen in you until after the Holy Spirit um, becomes present in your body. So that would mean if I don't come to know Jesus until I'm 24, I don't actually have the gift of discernment as it's, you know, as it says. Yeah. Um, now I was not operating in that under that assumption. I assumed that it was a gift that God had birthed into me when I, at the, at the beginning of my life, it's always been there and it's a gift given to me by the Holy spirit. And it should be grown. Like you said, a seed, it can be brought into seasons of, um, where I'm operating well and seasons where I'm maybe not as kind of like a workout, you know, it's a muscle that can be yeah. exercised and you can go through seasons wherein you've got, you, you're doing good, you're strong, you're fit. And then other seasons where maybe you don't exercise that muscle and it is not as present or, um, you know, being used in, in your life at that time. I don't know that there is an answer to that question. I don't know that there okay. is a way to prove one or the other, but this was the reason it got brought up is I could see what I would say from my point of view, evidence of my spiritual gifts before I knew Jesus and those things actually gave me the tools, the, the glimpse of God, the, I don't know what, what you'd want to call it, but because of those gifts, I was able to um, come to know God out of them. And so I, I would say I have a prophetic gifting and we'll talk about what that means later. But I believe that I, that's because I could hear God speaking to me, the Holy Spirit saying things to me um, before I knew Jesus. And it wasn't until later that I realized, oh, that's what that was. That, that was uh, this gifting and it was causing me to wonder who God was. It was causing me to, um, where were these dreams and visions coming from? Uh, and then I realized later on that it was Jesus and he was drawing, um, drawing me to him. But, but I would still recognize it as, you call it a seed. That seed was already inside of me and it was as an effect drawing me to know Jesus more. Yeah. That's good. Um, 
it's interesting that your your gifting before you knew Jesus even led you to that relationship. That's that's really interesting. Um, but it's not it's not far fetched to even think about to where if certain people are working in and showing the image of God, and somebody recognize that and helps them see and recognize that it's a revealing, it's a revelation, right? In essence, mm -hmm. for that person. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it could be wrong. Maybe it wasn't a gifting for me. Maybe it was just God, you know, the Holy Spirit breaking into my life at the time. Uh, and I'm willing to be okay with that. Either way, I got saved. Yeah. Um, but there, but there is a, uh, for me, I kind of operate under the assumption, I believe those were gifts. And in fact, um, those who I know, I won't say who it is, but I know somebody who has this internal drive to protect people. Um, it is baked into them to the extent that they became a police officer uh, as a result. And, and there's other reasons why, but uh, I believe there is a, a spiritual gift being worked out somehow, some way mm -hmm. in this person's life that has turned even into a vocational decision of going into the law enforcement but there is a, a part of their gifting that is, that is given by Jesus, uh, that, is, that is the reason why they are constantly drawn to and pursuing this idea of wanting to protect people and to uh, you know, create some, some level of justice on the, on the streets. Yeah. Some of what you're sharing reminds me of... Uh an influence that the Jesuit priests had on me in reading some of their things. They oftentimes, every conversation they would come in contact with, every person they came in contact with in conversation, they it was a spiritual practice for them to see everyone in the image of God. So everybody they talked to, every, every person they came in contact with, they believe they're coming in contact with a piece of the image of God. And part of the way in which they saw that was, to imagine what this person in the image of God would be redeemed. And it allowed them to be able to see gifting that wasn't necessarily matured. Oh yeah. And I thought, yeah, that I mean, that's similar really to what, powerful. yeah, for sure. I love that. Yeah. Um, there was a, well, but, but not, go ahead. per our last podcast, let's not make the mistake that if you have a gifting not being used in what would be considered professional ministry, that that's not redeemed. You know what I mean? It could be, in its redeemed state, working itself out in a, in an everyday vocation. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe that's assumed in what you said, but just kind of, you know, recalling some of our material from our last. For one. sure. But I do like that idea, uh, you know, there, and we'll talk about some of these in a little bit. Um, there, there is this idea that, um, you know, and, and, an evangelist by gifting is somebody who is a good, is good at recruiting. Like they get people on board with the kingdom of heaven, uh, whether that's through salvation or even into the service of God, even if they're already saved, they're really good at contagiously sowing out the idea of getting on board with what God's doing. Yeah. Um, that person could be also a very, very good in some other vocation because they're good at getting people on board. And so you could reapply it also in other contexts. Yeah. So let's, great segue, let's take that a little bit. So when we're talking about gifting, we're talking about something specific given to you by God, 
by the spirit. Can you maybe dive into that a little bit more? Like what, what is, what is gifting as opposed to calling? Oh, oh, interesting. So yeah. So as opposed to calling, so calling, I would say has more to do with an assignment you've been given by God um, to accomplish a task or something. Gifting is an internal um, inclination. I'm, tr I'm trying to think if there's a better word and ability or ability, I guess I should say, and or ability to um, continually move or act in some type of ministry um, or, or, to, or to participate in some part of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, that last part is yeah. a little confusing, so I'm not sure if it quite makes sense. But for me, it's um, you could you could get asked by God to do you know go go tell that person something for me, um, you know, and and you would you could decide to be obedient to that or not. But then I do think there are some people that are constantly hearing words from God and seeing mm -hmm. visions from God, and uh, that to me it would be more of a gifting um, type of a okay. type of a scenario. But it would be a proclivity inclination you're either really good at or always constantly thinking about. Like I didn't realize, and we've talked about me being having prophetic gifting. I did not realize until somebody prophetically spoke over me that I was constantly asking God to speak to me. Um, and there was this worship leader who was praying over a group of people, and I was, you know, one of the people being prayed over. And he had done, he had finished praying over me. And at the last minute, he said, this is, this is crazy. I got one more thing I wanted to say to you. And I feel like I see Jesus smiling when he's saying this or laughing. And he says, you always, you're always asking me to speak to you. And I already am. And it occurred to me in that situation, I've been keeping a journal since before I knew Jesus. And you can see the trajectory where it changes in, you know, from personal journaling to prayers ever since 97, I had my first journal, 1997, when I started it and in high school and I did not realize until he said this, it hit me. I end every, every journal entry, every prayer entry in my journal by saying, Father, speak to me. God, give me ears to hear and eyes to see. God, tell me what you want me to, to, to do. Mm. Speak to me, Lord. And it was just mm. some variation of like desiring constant communication with God. Yeah. Um, and I believe, and I could, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe I hadn't made that connection yet, but that is a part of the prophetic gifting is this proclivity, this inclination to always want to hear from God and to be in this type of um, com fluid communication with the father in heaven. Yeah. So to try to maybe clarify, simplify gifting, it sounds like then is something specific inside of you to help push the kingdom, expand the kingdom forward, uh, partner with the greater Missio Dei of God that is significant rather than just yeah. uh, what we talked about with calling, whether it's something God asked you to do and you're obedient to that or uh, something of a task that God said, we want you to do yeah. this. I want you to do that. This is almost an inner working of the image of God coming out of you. And it needs to be yeah. used to, for the church and for the body to move the kingdom forward constantly, almost. 
Yeah, I hate to be that simplistic, but maybe it is just that simple. And I love how you're using the image of God. It's a, it's an outworking of the image of God in you. Um, and and we'll talk. I think we'll. we'll I don't know if you want to move right into APES because that's that's very. Um, was very much connected to Ephesians four eleven and the and the way in which that is presented to us. The apostle, prophet, yeah. evangelist, shepherd, teacher, um, fivefold ministry. Would you pull up Ephesians four? And, and read yep, that. I've already got it. You got it. Perfect. Because mm-hmm. uh, yes, I I want to leave enough time for us to to talk through this. And so, as we walk into this, we've been given a framework of what we're talking about when we talk about giftings, and we find it in Ephesians four. So, if you would read Ephesians mm-hmm. four and then introduce us, if we don't know what it is, uh, but introduce yeah. us to what we're talking about in this framework of gifting. Yeah, and um. Well, we'll get into it a little bit. Let me just read it first. Ephesians 4, starting in 4, it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to be to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And here's where it kind of gets more specific. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. It kind of goes into a, like a caveat here. So you'll have to bear with it. And we'll come back. Therefore, it says when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men in saying he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all heavens, all the heavens that he might fill all things. Then it comes back to the idea of this gift of Christ. Verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human coming, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Um, it can be kind of a long stint. And like I said, there's like a caveat in the middle that talks about, you know, the, the greatness of Christ and his, his ability to lead the hosts, <clears throat> the captives out. But um, so we have this idea where in our culture, we think of the pastor as a singular person or um, nowadays we have, you know, we, we just name, pa- we make, honestly, we make it up. Like there's a pastor over there's the lead pastor, there's the senior pastor, there's the pastor of worship, there's the pastor of youth, there's a children's pastor, there's the pastor over technology, there's a pastor of um, electronic ministries. I mean, I get what they're saying. What they're saying is we have leaders over all of those things. But, But the word pastor, I think, is a misnomer in its application there. Because pastor is a gift. It's never a role or an office, in my opinion. So we've hijacked it to make it a title of yes. a leader yes it is only the the term pastor is used i think only one time maybe two but i think only one time and we just read it and it was a gift it, it will say that leaders like elders are meant to have shepherding capabilities 
but the idea of a pastor as a singular role, like you, you are the leader of a church, completely mm. not in the scripture in any way. Now, that isn't to say what we do is, um, you know, we just throw the baby out with the bathwater. It is the terms that people know. And so I operate and, I, and people call me Pastor Eric. Um, but uh, in terms of scriptural accuracy, it's just, it, does, it doesn't even equate. It makes no sense with what um, the Bible was, was utilizing inside of that. And so we embrace this idea, but there's a plurality of leadership that was meant to be present inside of a church, at least for it to be healthy. Um, and so we have these five gifts, this unique gifting paradigm that specifically lists five descriptions associated with what is, is plural, the gift, not gifts, plural, um, but singular, the gift of Christ. And there's a reason for that. Mm. The scriptures go on to mention like, that they are necessary for the maturity to take place. The, the word used is that we would become built up into the maturity of the fullness of Christ. And so what I think is almost like Christ took a piece of himself because Christ was the perfect fulfillment of all of five of these ideas. Yeah. He was an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a shepherd, and a teacher. Yeah. He was the perfect fullness. It's like he took a piece of these and gave them to everyone. It says in there, that grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So every person who calls themselves a follower of Jesus has this. It's not just a handful of people. Um, and it's not just designated for leadership. Everybody has these gifts. And I would call that kind of a base. Every, every Christian has one of these five and they have other gifts too that you see in you know Romans and Corinthians. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll, I'll kind of stick with just these five for now. And I don't know if we want to do future podcasts on the others. But this idea is that we, by using the fivefold gift of Christ, um, we can then cause ourselves, when they're all working properly and counterbalancing each other and working in, um, in a plural existence together, we are actually creating ourselves to be the maturity of Christ, who is our head. We are then um, operating as Christ would have if he was in our midst. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The imagery that came up when you were talking about that was if Jesus was the fullness of all these five, it's apostle, prophet. Oh, what is it? Evangelist, apostle, prophet, shepherd, teacher. Yeah. A past apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. If Jesus was the fulfillment of all of these things and he took a piece of himself through the spirit Mm -hmm. and gave it to the body every so if everybody inhabits these gifts but a couple of them are specifically like you're supposed to use these for the body then it's crazy for me to think that jesus god intended us to be in community we talk about that over and over and over again we need each other we are not in the fullness of the image of God without one another. This just drives home that point even more. If we believe in the priesthood of all believers, that there's not one pastor that's supposed to tell everybody else what to do, but it's really mm -hmm. a group of people recognizing their gifts, using it almost as puzzle pieces to, to come together to create the tapestry that is the image of God. That's powerful. And it really brings home this idea of value for each member of the body, no matter how long you've been following Christ, mm -hmm. working those things out. And then as we not just work in those gifts, 
we were talking about discipleship on our last podcast, but if we are to be made more in the image and likeness of God personally, as well as communally, then we need each other to help. Like I need you to help grow my prophetic side of yes. the image of God in me that maybe isn't as natural, but I do think there's some of that in me. You mentioned yeah. I'm more shepherding. You need me to help strengthen your shepherding muscle to become more in the image of Christ in yourself. Yes. And so that's why us together, we become individually more in the image of Christ as we learn from one another, but also communally at the same yeah. time. And that's pretty cool in how that's set up, I think. No, I mean, I mean, that's a hundred percent right. So, so we constantly fall into the temptation of thinking, so you're our, you're our shepherd. So you are meant to shepherd everyone on our behalf. I'm going to go do my gift. You hold that down. And that's not at all how these are meant to interact. It is that you are meant to equip the believers with that. That's what the, that's what the verse said that we just read, that they were meant to be equippers of these things. And so every one of us is, we're, none of us is mature in Christ until we have all of these. So if we want to become more like Christ, we have to become great at all of these things or, or an increasing measure of maturity in all of these things. And so you have been given to common ground Northeast as a shepherd to be an example and to equip us on how to be shepherds and to be that voice that when, when I forget that's like, Oh, hold, hold up. How, how are people doing? How's, how are people feeling about this? Like where, where's everyone at? Um, cause it causes me to stop and think, Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not geared towards this. I need to exercise this muscle muscle a little bit better. And so you have been brought into our world just like anyone who's an apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, someone who's teaching is constantly trying to get us to, um, you know, consider the, the doctrines that are uh, consistent with the scripture. Mm -hmm. And um, whereas, you know, the missional person, the very, you know, the sent one, the, the apostle, the sent one is what that word means. The apostle may be tempted to, in, its, in, in their shepherding and sympathetic orientation towards wanting to see people come to know Jesus, will maybe lack the ability to teach correct doctrine because they're so, not because they don't care about it, but because they're so focused on getting people to know Jesus that they're willing to make that sacrifice. And that's where the, you know, the teacher drops in, but you know what the teacher wants is people to know a bunch of things and maybe not care so much about people coming to know Jesus, right? They want to know a bunch of things and have people have correct doctrine, but um, they, uh, they will do that at the sacrifice of, um, shepherding people. I don't, I don't care if you like it or not. This is the truth. And you're going to have to take, swallow this hard pill. Um, yeah. and so there's, there's, you can see how they need each other. They have to have each other. Um, I don't know, it may be a good idea just to give some quick definitions here. I'm, I'm using them yeah. and speaking about them, but I haven't really defined them yet. That's what I was going to ask you to do. If you feel comfortable doing that, let's define yeah. each one. So we get a, a little bit of a glimpse. Now, this isn't the fullness of this definition. I think you could probably go yeah. really deep into those things, but if you could simplify the best you can, just to give a glimpse of what these are, because you even shared with me, I know when I came on here with common ground, you spoke evangelist over me and I was like, that doesn't even make sense. I, and, but my perception of it was way off. And yeah, now oh, that yeah, I understand because we think of, it. <laughs> yeah. Cause we think of evangelists as like the Billy Graham, the guy who sits up in the, 
in the podium and you know masses come to these gatherings yeah let me here i'll define them and what i'll say this is i've become a student of there's multi this has become a popular topic in the last i don't know 15 years or so and i have checked in on uh, there's a, a ministry group called soma communities so i have read their version of it or watched sermons um 3dm ministries led by mike breen um alan hirsch the forgotten ways and uh, he wrote a book called 5Q, based specifically on Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Shepherd, Teacher. Uh, Neil Cole and Church Multiplication Associates has written some books, and they, there's one called Primal Fire that they focus specifically on this. So there's, there's multiple people who've written on this, and I've tried to capture all this, and I spent some time with, it's the 24-hour prayer movement, a leader with one of the 24-hour prayer movements coming out of England, uh, and there's a local leader who came, when we were in New Orleans, came out to hang out with us and he was giving his definitions of these things and he actually gave me a little bit of a you know a, a slight twist on some of these so i'm gonna cool. uh, here i'll name a minor are intentionally a mishmash of all of those backgrounds together okay uh, at least my attempt to bring them together so an apostle literally means sent one that's what that word means who advanced those who advance the gospel into new territories whether that's geographically or generationally and into new cultures they are, quote, a parenting figure to establish church communities by creating disciples, spiritual sons and daughters, to cultivate the communities as they move on to new endeavors. So usually are the, some of the first people in, and Ephesians also gives a unique relationship between apostles and prophets um, because it, it talks about the foundation being laid by apostles and prophets. And so they are the sent ones. They go in, they create a bunch of disciples. They can usually, they're, uh, they're entrepreneurial uh, and often they, they are entrepreneurs in their non, uh, you know, in, a, in, a, in their vocation. And so, uh, but sometimes they will make the sons and daughters, they will build a, a community and then move on to something else. Uh, so that's apostle. Prophet, and let me say, I'm not talking about the 12, lowercase a, we're talking lowercase a, not the 12, they're, they're unique. The 12 are unique in their placement, um, but in terms of apostles. Uh, one thing I want to mention, by the way, is there are female representatives in the scripture of all five of these. So you cannot say that any of these were just um, man. Uh, they, they, were, they were not only for men. These are not positions of authority only for men. They are gifts that were given to everyone. Uh, and there are examples in the scriptures of women operating in all of these giftings. Amen. So the next one is prophet. The, the one who hears and listens to God, those who forth tell, as in they say hard truths sometimes, and they are willing to, to, to proclaim things and they foretell. And by that, I mean, I do believe they have the ability to hear from God. And since God operates outside of time, sometimes the things he tells them are future events. Uh, and that's how I think future kind of prophecy works. They're concerned with hearing from God and calling people into action on behalf of the message, often calling out sin or next steps. They're usually pioneer thinkers who envision a future for the church, which the church cannot see yet and points them towards it. And one of the things they can be victim, fall victim to is they can get five, six, seven, eight steps ahead of the people they're with and not know how to explain how to get there. So they're, they can sometimes get so far out in their own um, prophetic inclination 
that they don't know how to connect the dots for people to understand why we need to go in that direction. Um, and it seems so clear to them, but they really struggle to understand um, because they've, they've been removed so many steps away from the starting point that they forgot where the, where the starting point was. Um, at least that's been true in my experience. Evangelist, the one who brings good news to the world. Those who proclaim the gospel in word and deed as they engage the world, they contagiously recruit people to believe in God and to join in the cause of the kingdom. And as I mentioned before, that's not just into salvation, but also, you know, into service on behalf of the kingdom. But they're really good at getting people to buy into um, the kingdom. They're, they're contagious in their ability to, uh, to put the kingdom on display and people, people want to come and be a part of it. Uh, that can happen on the streets or that can happen in a large group setting. Often, I think church planters or seeker sensitive, I'll say this, seeker sensitive churches, um, it's you you took an evangelist, you made him your pastor, and then so their public speaking orientation is constantly geared around getting non-believers or people who are disconnected from church into church. So that's one of those ways that I think it kind of works itself out, even though we call everyone a shepherd or a pastor, which is just the word shepherd. Next is the word shepherd. The one who shepherds people. All right, that's what that word pastor means. They, they shepherd people. Those who are especially burdened with caring for God's people, they place a special focus on unity, protection of the sheep, and they want people to move towards the green pastures of nurturing relationships. Um, and so, and you know, they, they'll protect unity, they'll protect their people, but sometimes they will um, want to care for them to the extent that they struggle with uh, maybe confrontation um, in that. So, yeah. Uh, and then finally, teacher, the one who seeks and shares truth. Those who teach the scripture and seek deep understanding of biblical truth and the application of it in our lives. They're the champions of, and I, again, quote, correct doctrine, because I know that that, depending on your heritage, has a sliding scale. But what they see is correct, they champion that. Uh, correct doctrine and are sensitive to protecting the church community from false doctrines. Um, yeah. So that's, that's it. Uh, that's what I think each of those means. Um, and I think every person has one of them. I think every person has a base understanding to use the 3DM term. Uh, there's a base and a phase operation of these things and everyone has a base one. And there are times when you might operate outside of that because it's, it's needed in a specific instance. And so God might give you a seasonal grace to operate in one of those giftings that is not normal to you. But I believe everyone has a base and it's worth you discovering what that is inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. Now I might've missed this, but did you say that we, do we embody all of these gifts to some way or to some level? Yeah. The pursuit is to become mature in all of them and that we need each other to see how to do that. Yeah. Okay. Would you say then, is that the gift that we have all of these or is the gift that one of these is more prevalent? Well, I would say in the verse that there is one more prevalent because um, he gave, uh, so but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Uh, and then you go down to 11 and it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of Jesus Christ to mature 
uh, manhood. Um, so uh, it's an interesting question. I haven't even thought of it from that context, to be honest with you. But I, I read that to be the, the gift of Christ has been put given to his body and that we have this sense of identifying with the uh, one of these five. But I do still believe we're all responsible for all five um, and that we are not fully mature until we know accomplish some level of mastering each of these in our life or, or to the extent that we master them we become closer and closer in alignment with the uh with the person of jesus yeah yeah well man we're over time this has been really good conversation yeah. sorry that last part was a stint but it's usually helpful to to um to make that yeah. I, at least set those um, definitions. I do want to make mention, and we're not going to dive into it here, but there are ways in which to understand maybe some of these gifts inside of you. There are some, I know, tests and different things that you can do online. And you've, mm -hmm. you, Eric, you've got a couple of resources that you can use to uh, help anybody interested maybe understand what their gifting is or how it's working out in their lives. And so, um, so yeah, I would say if anybody's interested, you can reach out to us and we can definitely guide you uh, down this path a little bit if you want to learn more, but uh, I think it's a conversation we can continue on and maybe another episode on our podcast on diving into each one of those eventually, and uh, maybe even inviting some people that are gifted in these to describe it a little bit more from their personal experience. Mm. I think yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. Cool. Actually, have have one of each on and kind of give them a, a platform. Yeah, yeah. You can you can even search Fivefold Ministry Test, and there's lots of them on there. I never take any one survey as you know the the absolute truth. I I think they're good for gaining data points of understanding. Oh, I, I can see how I lean towards this one or that one. Um, the five www do we say that anymore worldwide web <laughs> dot fivefold ministry.com so fivefold ministry.com words not the letter or yeah not the number um, but f-i-v-e fold ministry survey.com um, is one that you can go to it's the 3dm version of it but what i love about it is when you finish it produces a what a mature version does and what an immature version does and i have found the immature one very helpful in helping me to see where I needed to grow and even like, Oh, I actually know I'm that because I do all of those things immaturely. And, um, Interesting. it was really helpful. So fivefoldsurvey.com if you want to check that out and, uh, yeah, man, this is, cool. this is good. Maybe a, a good, uh, primer to the APEST conversation, but gifting in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in today. That's all we got for yep. you. But uh, make sure to check out our next episode coming to you. We're excited that you join us, hang out with us, and excited to keep the conversation going. So we'll catch you on the next Have one. Have a good one. Join us next time. Peace. We appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us today. Make sure to check out the previous episodes on Hub Podcast. If you're interested in information on Common Ground Northeast, check out cgnortheast.com. We'll catch you next time.